You know, if you've been in church for a while, and you hear all the, I mean, for a while, you know, when we were little, and you hear all these Bible stories, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, and Noah's Ark, and uh, Samson and Delilah, you have a, a yes, we're, we're ingrained with a preconceived notion of, of the Bible story, and, and what it's about. Um, and, and sadly, this is me, just sadly for myself, when you read a Bible story, one of those vacation Bible stories, and you expect, it's like reading this, uh, the same Tom Clancy no, novel five times. You know, you, you know how it's going to end. Uh, and it kind of takes the drama, the mystery out of the middle part of the book. Well, when you're reading a Bible story that you grew up with, vacation Bible school stories, uh, you know how it's going to end. And, and you expect to get that ending. And then when you get into it, and you read it as, not just as an adult, but reading it as a new student, so to speak, and you start getting these weird messages out of it um, because I, I didn't get, I didn't go into preparing this lesson, Samson Delilah, and come out the same way with the same message, um, which is, if you know me, that's not too weird. So, um, <laughs> Judges, uh, and the story starts in chapter 13. Uh, and what's going on, uh, the, the, the Israelites have been in, in off and on captivity for 250, 300 years, going back to, to the first judge, which everybody remember the first judge, what his name was? Othniel, something like that. He was the first judge. And they go through periods, it's a cyclical thing, and Jim talk, has talked about this a couple times. You know, the sin, the repentance, the forgiveness, uh, and then it back to sin, and the forgiveness, and the repentance, and the deliverance. Uh, and here we are back again, and in, in the verse 1 of chapter 13, um, and I'm reading from the message, okay? So if you don't have the message, it's going to be a lot different than the King James Version. Um, and then, verse 1, and the people of Israel were, were, were back at it again. Again. I, I mean, it's, it's one of these things where you, you wonder, when are they going to get the message? When are they going to finally learn, okay, enough is enough. Uh, but they're back at it again, uh, doing uh, evil things in the eyes of the Lord. At this time, there was a man named Manoah from Zorah, from the tribe of Dan. His wife was barren and childless. Um, the angel of God appeared to her and told her, I know that you are barren with children and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and bear a son. But take much care. Drink no wine or beer. Eat nothing ritually unclean. You are, in fact, pregnant right now, carrying a son. No razor shall touch his head. The boy will be God's Nazarite from the moment of from his birth. He will launch the deliverance from Philistine oppression. Now, one of the weird things that I kept coming back to this was Samson's mother um, and her faith. And Samson is, and that's all we know about Samson's mother is what we're going to read about today. We don't know her name. Uh, we don't know what happened to her. Uh, but Samson's in the Hall of Fame, which, uh, the Hall of Faith thing. Uh, which kind of, once you read the story, it just kind of blows my mind. And I'm going to go to Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, um, and there's 30-some-odd verses in the chapter, uh, the, and, and what the, the author of Hebrews is, is writing, explaining um, stories of faith from the Old Testament. And if you go to chapter 11 of Hebrews, and re, it, it's, it's a great chapter. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's what we're doing now in this two-year Bible lesson. Uh, the greatest story, 100 greatest stories of the Bible, you know, chapter 11 of Hebrews, 
in there, okay, of the people. So, Hebrews 11, 1, to have faith is to be sure of things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. And for the next 30, 31 verses, it's, store, it's person after person after person from the Old Testament who has done something that had to rely on faith. And we get to chapter, or verse 32 of Hebrews, should I go on? There isn't enough time for me to speak to Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, um, Samson, and the prophets. And then 33, through faith, they fought whole countries in one. They did what was right and received what God had promised. Through faith, they did what was right. And I, I kept going back to this one verse as I read Samson because, because they did what was right through faith. And as we go through Samson, he didn't do too many things right. Um, so anyway, uh, and I kept going back to, to his mother's faith, which we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, verse 6, the woman went, an angel came to her, and the woman went to her husband and said, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, terror-laced with glory. What would that look like? I don't, I don't Terror-laced with glory. I didn't ask him where he was from. And I didn't, he didn't tell me his name, but he told me, I'm pregnant. You're going to give birth to a son. Don't drink any wine or beer. Eat nothing ritually unclean. The boy will be God's Nazarite from the moment of birth to the day of his death. So uh, we're out in the field, and you're on your tractor, husbands, and your wife comes up and says, this guy shows up, this angel, I don't know his name, don't worry, somebody told me I was pregnant. She's old, she hasn't had children, she's barren. Husband, I'm thinking, yeah, all right, okay. Um, what was a Nazarite? You may know what a, the definition of a Nazarite was. Huh? No, they were not part. That was why they were Nazarite, because they were not Levites. Uh, yes, they were, they were consecrated. They were specially chosen uh, for service to Yahweh. They were not a Levite, which were the priests. This was, um, I don't want to say someone like us. Uh, they, <laughs> like the Secret Service? Okay, they're like the Secret Service. Um, and, and to be a Nazarite, it was, it was all just a vow. And most of the, the Nazarites, the vows in the Bible, was time-specific. Uh, a 90-day vow, a 100-day vow. Uh, and, and some of the things they could not do, uh, touch dead bodies, they couldn't touch dead bodies, stay away from any fruit of the vine, no, no uh, wine, beer, don't eat grapes, don't touch grapes, don't touch dead bodies, don't shave uh, your hair or your beard. And at the end of your time commitment, you were to shave your hair and burn it as your hair as an offering to the Lord. To the Lord, Samson and there was a couple people in the Bible who took lifetime vows to be Nazarites. Uh, some people say uh, that that John the Baptist. Uh, some people say Samuel. Uh, but here we're, we're told that Samson in the womb was was going to be a Nazarite. He was going to have this vow. Okay, which besides Samson, most of these people who took the vows, it was their decision to take this vow. And I think that's very important in the story of Samson, that he had this vow placed on him. It wasn't his decision. And I, I think that's a, 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 an issue uh, with Samson. Um, going, we're going to skip down a little bit, and, and Manoah, his wife comes, Samson's mother comes to his father, Manoah. Angel came, um, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a son. Uh, he's going to be a Nazarite. And Manoah says, really? And Manoah prays to, and says, 
God, if this is true, send the, the man back to me, or send him back uh, as confirmation. So now we've got a mother with faith, uh, and we've got a father who we know now prays, uh, who's a godly father. And the man comes back. Comes back to, to Mo, uh, Manoah's wife, and she says, stay right here. i got to get my husband. He runs. He's here. Come back. Manoah meets the angel, and he asks the angel a question. Um, he says, if this is true, no, he doesn't say if this is true. He says, when this comes true, what should we do and how should, this, how should we raise this boy and what is he going to end up doing when he grows up? So he asked the angel two questions. He needs confirmation on what we, the, how we need to raise him and then he's asking for the future. What's going to happen? You know, when he grows up, I know he's going to be a Nazarite, but what's he going to do? And the, and the angel reconfirms the rule, the commandments. Well, he's going to be a Nazarite, and so he can't touch dead things. Uh, he, he can't touch anything of the, of, of the divine, uh, and don't cut his hair. But he doesn't tell him the future, okay? I don't know, does the angel know what's going to happen to Samson in the future? Yes, but I, I, how is that going to affect his parents if they know the path that Samson's going to take later on? I think the story of faith that I kept coming back to was Samson's parents here, okay? They took it on faith, the commandments the angel gave them uh, for the vow, and that was good enough for them, and they were obedient. And they raised Samson at the end of chapter 13. Uh, Samson grew up, uh, and the Lord strengthened him and blessed him. 14. Oh, let's get some blanks. I always forget that. What Samson's had. What Samson had. A believing mother. You can go back to Judges 13, 6. A believing mother with faith. Um, a godly father with fear, respect of the Lord. And then I wrote in later, who also prayed. Gideon's father, if you go back to last week's lesson, Gideon's father built, built altars to Baal. And Gideon uh, was, was grown up in his own belief system and went and destroyed his father's altars to Baal. Samson grew up in a great house. He grew up, they were at church all the time. You know, it's like our kids. They were here all the time. Uh, so Samson's environment was, was a godly environment. He was around it all the time. 14, 14-1. Samson's grown now, okay? I've got the crazy teenage years. I'm not sure if he's a teenager or not. More than likely he was. Samson went down to Timnah. There in Timnah, a woman caught his eye, a Philistine girl. He came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timnah, a Philistine girl. Go get her for me, for my wife. Now, this, a lot of the commentaries say this was love at first sight, and, and really, um, whether it's your spouse right now or, you know, back when you were in high school, uh, what was the first thing that happened to you when you saw someone that you liked? What was it about that person? What was it? Was it, the, was it their good personality? Yes, Jim. Smoking hot. She was smoking hot, okay? And now, and, and you're... <laughs> I'll use my wife as an example, not Jim's wife. But, uh, and, you know, we go back as, as, as readers of the Bible. Uh, you know, the, the whole lust thing. Um, you know, and my girlfriend... My wife, you know, 
she's cute. She's cute. Yeah. She's cute. She's good looking. Okay, so, you know, we're, we're eyeing, and it's the same with ladies. I imagine you're eyeing guys just like you know, your spouse. I'm not going to say you're, hopefully you're not eyeing people today. Uh, it's a whole ball of wax. We don't want to get into it. Um, but it was that love at first, that, that physical attraction. Man, she's hot. She is hot. And he goes back home. Now, Timna was, was, was in Philistine-controlled land. Now, the Philistines uh, uh, were warlike people, uh, but they were very cultured as well. They, they came from, from, from Crete, is what most books say, and they were refined. They were very uh, artistic and as far as like the Greeks were, uh, but they were kind of bad news. They were, they were, they were fighting people. And, and they controlled uh, the area around Timna. We don't know why Samson goes there. Okay? But he's in Timna, and he sees his Philistine girl. He goes home, mom, dad, she's a smoking hot girl. Go get her for my wife. Now, as parents, they did the right thing. We go on and read, um, can't you hook up with one of your, well, not your relatives. Rel- hook up with one of your relatives. Okay, well, mine doesn't really say relatives. Does it say Relatives. Okay, can't, brethren, brethren, the message says, can you not pick someone from our neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, your group. Can you not pick one of us? And what is this referring to? I mean, this whole being yoked together, there's so many ways this lesson could go. I mean, um, the whole being yoked together is one. Um, His mom and dad are saying, isn't there someone that believes, like us, that you can go out with and hook up with and be yoked together. And Samson says, go get her. She's smoking hot. And he's, he's loving with his eyes uh, instead of his, his heart. Um, has he broken a vow yet for being a Nazarite? Not yet, okay? But... but He's, he's, he's walking a, a thin wire right here because he's now going somewhere uh, where he probably shouldn't be in, and he's hanging out with a crowd he probably shouldn't be hanging out. And we'll continue on in 14, picking up at verse 5. Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother. When he got to the vineyard of Timnah, a young lion. There's also, uh, this, this, this is a great three chapters, three or four chapters. He got to a vineyard. Now we're getting close to this vow thing. This whole consecrated thing, the Nazarite, they don't have anything to do with the vineyard. Now he's with his mom and dad, and they're passing by the vineyards. And then it even goes, it gets weirder, weird, more weird. When he got to the vineyard, a young lion came at him, roaring. The Spirit of God came on him powerfully, and he ripped it open barehanded, like carrying a young goat. But he didn't tell his parents what he had done. I got stuck on this verse. So now we, we're, we're, he's with his mom and dad. They're going to Timna uh, to meet his smoking hot bride. And now a lion roars. He kills a lion. Where's his mom and dad? And a lot of commentaries say that when they got to the vineyard, for whatever reason, he walked away from his mom and dad. They continued on. He wanted to get off by himself to think. It's not scripture. It's just what other commentaries said. And I started thinking, well, that's a lot like our walk 
in our life. If you were raised in a godly family, um, there comes a point in our lives where we kind of want to experiment or, or see what's on the other side of the fence, stuff like that. So Samson is now is, is, is not with his parents. He kills a lion. Doesn't say anything about it to his mom and dad. Why do you think he doesn't say, why does he not say anything to his mom and dad? He touched it. Um, huh? He killed it. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah, he made it dead. I don't know how that counts. <laughs> he made it dead. The vineyard. He was walking that thin edge, and he wasn't. And now there's roaring lions, and he made it dead. Uh, but he touched the dead body. But the Lord gave him the power to do so. Okay. So, well, we'll get into that later. Uh, verse seven. Then he went down and spoke to the woman. In Samson's eyes, she was the one. In his eyes, she was the one. Some days later, when he came back to get her, he made a detour to look at what was left of the lion. And there a wander, a swarm of bees in the lion's carcass. And honey, not honey her, but honey, look, there's honey. He scooped up in his hands and kept going, eating as he went. He rejoined his father and mother, gave them some honey, but he didn't tell them he had scooped the honey out of the lion's carcass. So now, the first instance of the lion, he, he made it dead. Okay, he made it dead, like Adam said. Now, here we are, he's going back to Timna to, to, to his girlfriend, and he goes, well, what's, what's the deal with that lion? So he goes by the carcass, and there's a swarm of bees, and, he, and, and it doesn't say how he scraped it out, whether it was hand or a stick or whatever. But now, because the honey, the bees swarm the honey in the carcass of a dead body, now this honey is unclean, okay, according to, to Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And he's winning and pooing it, okay? He's just eating it all up. You like that? Winning and pooing it? Winning and in the poo in it. That was a Jim Fleming joke. I thought he would get more response out of that. So. <laughs> and he gives some to his mom and dad. So now, uh, as far as, as the Nazarite concentrate, concentrate, consecration, uh, he's touched a dead body, he, and he's touching unclean food. So now he's 0 for, he's 0 for 2. Um, his father, uh, verse 10, his father went down to make arrangements with the woman, uh, while Samson prepared a feast. That's what the young men did in those days. Now, that's the message. If you read, what does your version say? Chapter or, yeah, 1410. Samson prepared a feast. Made a feast. Huh? Held a feast. Any other? Gave a feast. It, it says throw a party. Does anyone have banquet? Um, the commentaries were for, this, for this type of feast it was a drinking feast okay, bachelor party who, who had a bachelor party? who had a bachelor party? come on really? there's just four of us? anyone want to share your bachelor party? <laughs> why? And what happens in Timna stays in Timna? He had a bachelor party. Now, the scripture goes on and says that, that when the Philistines... Now, Samson had a reputation already. Um, 
Philistines knew who he was because he was not a Philistine, and he was just one of these people that were oppressing, uh, who's done some things growing up, uh, feats of strength, and, and uh, just Festivus just went through my head. Uh, <laughs> feats of strength. Uh, if you don't know, that's okay. It's not important. Um, and, the, and, and the Philistines tell 30 young men, go hang out with, with Samson and, and, and treat him, you know, and have, show him a good time. Uh, now, here's another choice that Samson makes about being around the wrong crowd because not only is his girlfriend a non-believer, she's a Philistine, now he's hanging out with a bunch of Philistine guys. It doesn't say he's drinking. Okay, the scripture doesn't say that he drank, but he's hanging out at a party where there's alcohol involved. It's <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Um, his decisions up to this point are all worldly, earthly, uh, just bad decisions. You know, he's he's not. He grew up in a godly home, and he knows what's right. But his decisions are completely opposite of one that you would think uh, that was brought up that way. Um, Twelve. So they're sitting around drinking, goofing off, um, and, and twelve and thirteen. When I read, I, I just imagined that that Samson was was partaking because this just sounds like something you do when you're a little tipsy. Uh, Samson said to them, let me put a riddle to you. If you can figure out uh, the answer during those seven days of the feast, I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of fine clothing. But if you can't figure it out, then you'll give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of fine clothing. And they said, put your riddle, let's hear it. And the riddle was, in this version, from the eater came something to eat. From the strong came something to sweet. And they had seven days to answer the riddle. Um, and this is one of these gambling. No, I, you know, I don't... I guess that's one way how they gambled a long time ago was answer the riddle and, uh, you know, and give you a dollar or something like that. But they couldn't figure it out. Um, so they go to his... his In some commentaries, it was, she, they were already considered married. And I guess if you're into... The Jewish wedding stuff, uh, they could have been already married, kind of, or they were almost married, kind of. Well, they go to his, his kind of wife and says, tell us the answer to the riddle. And, and if you don't, we're going to burn your house down, and we're going to kill you and your father. And in the scripture says later on that, that for the rest of the feast, this, this seven-day period, she's nagging Samson. She's bawling her eyes out. You know, just, what's the answer? What's the answer? Tell me the answer. And Samson's, I guess at first he's ignoring her. What's the answer? What's the answer? And he's kind of ignoring her. What's the answer? And he goes, what? And eventually he tells her the answer. She tells the Philistines. They show up, and they answer the riddle, okay? Uh... 17, the message, if you know the message, the verses aren't all, like, numbered. 14, 17, where it says, And Samson said, what does your version say? How did he answer their answer? Talk about a sweet-talking guy. <laughs> What's it say? What's your say? 
Anyone else have something else besides plow my heifer? My young cow? He must be a good-looking guy, because if I tried to pick up a girl like that, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And he answers the Philistine, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out my riddle. So he's, he's referring to his wife. Now, this is, I don't reckon it's a derogatory term at the moment, but I bet you Vicky would poke my eyes out if I called her a heifer. Uh, <laughs> and this is where things start to go way south for Samson, because now he's letting his anger take control uh, of his actions and his emotions. Um, the spirit of God came powerfully on him. He went down to Ashland. There's, there's five cities around this region the Philistines control, okay? And I didn't write those down, but Ashland is one of them. It's not near Timna. It's not near his camp where he lives. This is another little town just down the road 10, 12 miles. He goes to Ashland and killed 30 of their men, stripped them, gave their clothing to those who had solved the riddle. Stalking out, smoking with anger, he went home to his father's house. Samson's... <laughs> um, and then... There's one more sentence that there's, that's just weird. So Samson takes revenge. He goes to another city. He kills 30 innocent men. Now, I use the word innocent kind of loosely because these are Philistines. And the whole point of this passage, God wanted to, to, to release the bondage of the Israelites from the Philistines. Okay? But these were 30 innocent men that had nothing to do with what's going on. And Samson, it doesn't say he killed them all at one time. It doesn't say he was by himself. Uh, but 30 young men died. They were stripped. Their clothes were stolen. He came back and paid off his debt. Okay? Um, and then the last sentence. Samson's bride became the wife of the best man at his wedding. So I don't think he would be very happy. You know, he, he's probably an upset guy. Uh, crazy teenage years catch you up on the, on, the, on the blanks. He married a non-believer. He chose the wrong crowd. And this, is, this is a continuing theme of the whole uh, Samson story, is choosing the wrong crowd. So he's throwing his vows out the window here. But at least he still had his hair, I guess. Fifteen, chapter fifteen. Later on, uh, it was the, during the wheat harvest. Samson visited the bride, bringing a young goat. He said uh, to her father, "Let me see my wife. Show me her bedroom." But her father wouldn't let him in. He said, I, "I've concluded that by now you you hated her with a passion. I mean, you 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 stormed out of here. We haven't seen you in some days, and and so I, I gave her to the dude that was your best man. But wait." You can have her sister. You better look at me, boy. You better look at me. Uh, and Samson gets really riled up. And Samson says, uh, verse 3, that does it this time when I wreak havoc on the Philistines, I'm blameless. Okay? Samson then went out, caught 300 jackals. He lashed the jackals' tails together in pairs and tied a torch between each pair of the tails. He then set fire to the torches and let them loose in the Philistine fields of rock grain. Everything burned, both stacked and standing grain, vineyards, olive orchards, everything. <laughs> and I kept thinking of all the yards I rolled when I was in high school. 
I mean, how teenage is this? How immature is this? Now he's mad, uh, and he wants to take revenge, which, and he's supposed to be blameless in this reason, and all this whole thing. I'm going, Sam, and it, the, the priest, Sam, I can see, I can see the Lord up there going, Samson, Samson, Samson. He does this, this, this immature thing uh, to hurt the Philistines. And we've got to go back to why we're reading the story is God wants to free the Israelites from the oppression of the Philistines. So all this is in God's plan, okay? He's using things that an individual is doing for not the right reasons, but he's making that, that into something right. Does that come out correct? Does that make sense to someone besides me? God's using Samson even though Samson's not doing what's right. Uh, the Philistines get mad. And they, they, they send a warring party, and, and they camp out in Judah. And uh, 3,000 Israelites show up. Uh, when, he, when, when Samson does this, he runs away. After he burns down the crops, he just runs away. He doesn't go home to mom and dad anymore. He runs and hides out in the cave. Okay? A few days later, 3,000 Israelites show up, and they call for him. Samson, we need to talk to you. Samson comes out of the cave. Hey, guys, what's up? What are you doing? Do you not know that the Philistines are, are our rulers? There's some bad dudes. The Philistines, you're running around by yourself, and we're, they're coming down on us. Um, we're here to take you in. And Samson says, okay, but don't hurt me. I don't want you to hurt me. Tie me up and lead me to the Philistines. And they march into the Philistine camp, a bunch of cheering going on from the Philistines. They come out, and they arrest Samson. Fourteen. Fifteen, chapter fifteen, verse fourteen. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came to meet him, shouting out in triumph. Then the Spirit of God came on him with great power. And now and every time that something happens where he displays his strength, it says the Spirit of God came upon him. I'm wondering if the rest of the time, if he was just like us, if he was just a normal guy, if he was just or was he just, you know, super strong all the time. As he approached Lehi, the Spirit of God came on him with great power. The ropes on his arms fell apart like flax on fire. The thong slipped off his hands. He spotted a fresh donkey jawbone, reached down and grabbed it. And with it, he killed the whole company. And Samson said, we'll get to what he said in a second. So here we are. Um, he's touched dead bodies before, so I don't know if the second time makes it any worse. But there's a recently dead donkey that he touches a dead body and gets a jawbone. And he slays uh, a whole company of men. And he says uh, a, little, a little poem here. And in the message, it says, With a donkey's jawbone, I made heaps of donkeys of them. With a donkey's jaw, jawbone, I killed an entire company. And I found um, a commentary, and I forgot to write down to, to where this comes from. But one translation of the poem that, that Samson said, and I really like this because I get to say something in the church. With a jawbone of an ass... I have piled them in a mass. I told my, my wife that I would only say ass once. With the jawbone of an ass, I've piled them in a mass. So he's sitting here, he's partying, he, and, and, and he's, he's fought. I mean, it's, it's, it lasted, I imagine, longer than the UFC fights that Jim went and his guys went to uh, Friday. Um, but he's celebrating his party, and he's getting kind of thirsty. 
Now, so far, I don't know how old Samson is. Uh, don't want to guess. Uh, but he's, he's bad. He's in his years. I mean, 20, 25, 30, who knows. And so far in the scripture, uh, has he talked to God? Has he prayed? Now, here's someone that's in the hall of faith, the hall of fame faith. And as of yet, we're not told that if he's ever prayed. If he has any type of relationship uh, with God. And here, he's thirsty, and he's just got this big fight out of the way, and he's thirsty. And, and he kind of prays, and I think that's a blank. Um, he kind of prays. He called out to God. This is uh, 18. You have given your servant this great victory. Okay, that's, that's, that's starting out okay prayer. Are you going to abandon me to die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? And this is where I wrote, where I got a, a kind of a prayer. I mean, he's praying, he's talking to God, but it doesn't come to me as, as a very uh, right prayer. Um, he, he, he's almost not mocking God, but I, I think he's... he's I, you, you gave me the power to do this. Now you can't let me sit here and die of thirst, and then they'll come and get me. Come on! And then God answers the prayer, and He opens up the spring there. Um, all this, again, this is one of those weird last sentences of the chapter. All this, verse twenty. Samson judged Israel or led Israel for twenty years in the days of the Philistines. So. Up through chapter 15, we've got a guy who likes good-looking women and can't control his desires for them. Um, someone that's from birth into the, to his death, he's been specially chosen by God uh, to be consecrated, to be a Nazarite. Uh, he's broken most of those rules already. Uh, and he still led Israel for 20 years. So what's the shape? of the nation of Israel at this moment. What, if, if someone like this is leading them, what is their state of, of, of condition? I don't know if it would be very good. Are they turning from their evil ways yet? Have we been told yet that, the, that they started to repent? Am I not, not connecting today? So, so far in the scripture, we, he, we have no idea what the nation of Israel... He doesn't have an army. He doesn't lead people. We don't see where he's leading groups of people. He, or he doesn't have a cabinet of advisors that we're told here. He's a loner. He is by himself. And I think through his, 
feats of strength and the defeating of the Philistines the way he did it, I think he was, he, the people gravitated towards him. He was their champion. Israel for 20 years. And now we're in chapter 16. Uh, Samson to Delilah. Uh, the first, there's so many one sentences in here that you just kind of go, Argh! verse 1. Samson went to Gaza, Gaza and saw a prostitute and went to her. Okay, I asked about the bachelor party. Says anyone ever. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, here we are. The leader, the leader, uh, the guy who led Israel for 20 years, he's in Gaza, which is still in Philistine-controlled hands, and he goes up to a prostitute, uh, and he, and he, and he uh, goes with her. Uh, news got around that Samson's here. They gathered around in hiding, waiting all along at the city gate, uh, thinking at sunrise that we'll get him. Fellow Samson gets up at, you know, at midnight, uh, and, and he leaves. Uh, the gates locked down. He yanks up the gate post, the whole door, and carries it up uh, and just drops, okay, into that part of the story. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sori. Her name was Delilah. Is Delilah a Philistine? Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. However, the Philistine tyrants, there's five, remember there's these five cities or towns, the five tyrants or kings of these five towns approached her and said, seduce him, discover what's behind his great strength. So we don't know if she was a Philistine, but she, she the Philistine kings knew of Delilah for whatever reason, whether she was a princess, she was wealthy, uh, she might have been a Philistine, we don't know. And this is the story we hear in Vacation Bible School. Samson, Delilah. And there's not really that many verses about Delilah. So there's four times that Delilah asked Samson, what's the source of your strength? These five kings said, we will give you 1,100 shekels uh, uh, each if you just find out what makes him strong. What made him strong? What made Samson strong? Huh? God. Not his hair. And I, I know there's some people... that are thankful for that, okay? Um, what made Samson strong was God. On the fourth time that Delilah nags and begs, uh, what makes you strong? He says, it's my hair. I'm a Nazarite. And if I haven't shaved or, or cut my hair ever, and that's the source of my strength. <clears throat> Samson, that's not the source of your strength. But is he just saying this, or if this is what he truly believed? 
Well, now here, here Samson is. He's laying in Delilah's lap. And she's whispering and sweet nothing, and Samson goes to sleep. And there's, a, there's one of these Philistine guys over here behind the curtain. And, and now he had his hair braided. Where's he? Brent. Brent. I should go to Brent. <laughs> he had his hair braided in seven braids. And, and did Delilah cut his hair? No, Delilah didn't cut his hair. BBS thing that we need to change. The Philistine servant cut his hair. And when Samson woke up, he went, they cut my hair. And they rushed in, and they bound his arms together. And Samson's thought, if someone finds it for me, Samson's thought, what did he say? Just like all the other times. Okay, tie me up. I'm just going to get away again. He did not realize that the presence of the Lord left him, which is probably one of the most sad verses in the Bible. He didn't realize that the presence of the Lord left. Did he realize that he ever had it? I, the way he lived, I don't think so. The Philistines get him. He can't get loose. The first thing they do was poke his eyes out. They blind him. He lost his physical sight. I argue that he lost the sight a long time ago. Okay? But they physically poked his eyes out. Um, they take him to jail. He's in prison for a while. Uh, they put him doing menial labor. He's doing a grain thing. Uh, and, the, and Philistine's main god was Dagon, uh, which was a grain or a, a fertility god. And they're having a big party, whether it was a national holiday or what, I don't know. And they go, oh, you know what would be fun? Go get Samson. Go get, and we'll show everyone how our god beat the God of the Israelites. So they go get this, this guy that's tormented them for, for, for 25, 30 years, and they've got him bound with, with bronze greaves. He's blinded. He probably looks all nasty. But while he's in prison, his hair grew back, and now he's in front, and they're making him do circus tricks. Okay? Now, while Samson was in jail, and he noticed his hair was growing back, again, I don't, that's not the source of the strength, but I think that it sparked the source of his hope. Because now he's thinking back of those vows that, he, that was put on him, that he didn't choose, but put on him. And I imagine in jail, wherever how long he was there, that he was reminiscing about the good old days and, and the things his mom and dad taught him. Okay? And I think that was the, the spark of hope that his hair was going back. Now he's in here being circus around, and he tells this little boy, which is an insulting thing, because the Philistines told this little boy, here, you guard him. Here's the, the champion of the Israelites who's killed thousands and thousands of people. You guard him. And this little boy is walking around, and, and Samson goes, hey, I'm kind of tired. Go lean me against one of those columns over there so I can rest. So he leads him over there, and he's leaning. And Samson prays for the second time in the, in the text. He prays. First time, I don't think, was a, was a heartfelt prayer. The second time, Samson prays and says, Lord, remember me. Forgive me. I've screwed up so many times. Remember me. And this one last time, let me do something to the Philistines for your, for your glory. Now, there's a sentence here that we need to hurry and leave. There's a sentence here that I, I haven't that hurt. He says, let me take revenge 
for my two eyes. I didn't get into that, okay? I'm not, not sure what that statement meant, okay? But the, but the Lord came, the power of the Lord came on him again. And he pushed over two coffins. Now, inside this, this building were all, I, I, I'm going to compare it to the, to the Pentagon, okay? Inside the building was all the military brass, the president and his wife, and all, you know, all these senators and House of Representative people. And then on the roof were, were people like us who were just enjoying the, the party. And Samson pushes columns over, roof collapses, everybody inside dies, a lot of people upstairs die, uh, and he kills more Philistines that one day than he did all his life. And in his prayer he says, let me kill some Philistines and let me die. And his family comes and gets his body and they bury him. Two conclusions that I come up with. Okay? One is the story of faith of his parents. It has nothing to do with Samson and Delilah, but the story of his mom and an angel showing up and her being having faith that that was an angel of, of God. And her, because he told the angel told his mom, you don't drink and eat and do this stuff either. Okay? She had the faith and the obedience. To, and then his dad, who, 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 who was a logical guy, like most guys are, besides emotional, we wanted confirmation, and the, and the angel came back and confirmed what he had told the wife earlier, and then Manoah prayed. That's what I got out of this story, was the faith of his parents. And I kept going back to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's what I got out of Samson and Delilah. 